Disclaimer. All names of any experts, doctors, and scientists mentioned in this podcast are either made up or used as the voices of other high schoolers for the sake of our AP Environmental Science final project. While the information in this podcast is based on peer-reviewed reports and other reliable websites, the podcast itself is made by unprofessionals and the voices of interviews are from unprofessionals as well. Any interviews created by someone with a strange German last name, minus scientist Helena Leitschers, is a made-up person speaking on topics based on accurate information that we have gathered. This episode of Apes is brought to you by Swell Pops. Are you craving sweets but also need energy? Try Swell Props. They have a brand new protein-packed Kate Pops that all the athletes are using. Hi, I'm Katya Levenflau Milch. And I'm Valerie Brauerst. And you're listening to Apes Versus. This is the show where we pit facts against ethics. On today's show, Apes versus Animal Testing. Do the pros outweigh the cons when it comes to animal testing? We will speak to many experts and activists about the topics, and then we will pick the subject apart. For the sake of time, we will only be focusing on animal testing in medicine, not including animal testing done for commercial products. Recently, we went to Duke's Division of Laboratory Animal Resources, located in Durham, North Carolina. We were led to one of, one of their many labs. The lab was full of mice and rats in cages. Oh, look at all these cute animals. Valerie, they're mice. Get it together. Before we went in the laboratory and got a closer look at what was going on, we met with Dr. Zachary Liebenschmud to learn a little bit about the testing that goes on in the labs, how it's impactful, and what guidelines they must follow. Dr. Liebenschmud has worked at the Duke Animal Lab for almost 12 years. He works in a lab that routinely tests mice and rats to produce new drugs for medicinal purposes. We follow the strict guidelines given to us by the Duke IACUC, which evaluates the care, treatment, housing, and use of animals in our facilities. In addition, we must comply with regulatory standards, including the Animal Welfare Act. The Animal Welfare Act was a federal law passed in 1966 to regulate the treatment of animals in research, exhibition, transport, and by dealers. This law is enforced by the USDA and the APHIS. Animal testing is crucial in our area of work. Many of the drugs that we have produced, improved, or invented stems from the information that we have gathered through animal testing. Using animals is the efficient and accurate way for scientists to produce life-saving drugs. Dr. Liebenschmud assured us that they treat the animals with utmost respect and try to make their experiences as comfortable and painless as possible. On today's show, we will be answering the following questions. One, do animals feel pain? And two, does the data even reliably transfer over to humans? When it comes to animal testing, there are a lot of opinions. But then, there is science. Let's start off with, do animals feel pain? Gerald Tannenbaum is a professor at the University of California Davis School of Veterinary Medicine. It seems obvious that animals feel pain. Using animals and pain research as a model for human pain clearly presupposes that animals feel pain. Nevertheless, there still exists, among some scientists, remnants of behaviorist notions. Some scientists believe that animals do not feel pain, 
or that feelings of pain in animals are of no practical significance because they are incapable of expression in the language of chemistry or physics. According to USDA's latest available figures, 7.8% of all AWA-covered animals in labs underwent painful procedures without the benefits of pain relief. However, since there is no objective criteria in place to guarantee accurate reports of pain and suffering, it is highly likely that the pain endured by animals during testing is underreported. I'm Dahlia Schweinhund, a doctor at Pfizer's pharmaceutical company. Anesthesiation, intubation, and euthanasia are common lab procedures here, which require extensive training and skill. When improperly performed, these procedures can cause extreme pain and discomfort in animals. We talked to scientists Morton and Griffiths from the British Laboratory Animal Veterinary Association to understand how to recognize pain in animals. Anticipating when signs of pain may occur is an important part of minimizing and preventing unintended suffering in animals. The responsibility to relieve pain in animals should not be avoided just because it cannot be quantified. The animal may not be able to say that it is in pain, but there are many clinical and behavioral signs that point to suffering. Yes, and if a scientist sees these signs, the animal should be observed more carefully and frequently and not to be disturbed. Some signs of behavior that indicate pain are anxious glances, hissing, squealing, whimpering, aggression, and violence, and frequent urination. Some clinical signs of pain are bulged eyes, rapid breathing, glazed eyes, cyanosis, and congestion. Claire Trepinvitz, a representative from PETA, an animal rights organization, claims that animals tested on are still suffering even with regulations in place. The Animal Welfare Act does next to nothing to actually regulate animal testing and make sure the animals are treated humanely. Under the act, animals are still allowed to be burned, shocked, poisoned, isolated, starved, forcibly restrained, addicted to drugs, and brain damaged, and painkillers are not required. It is important to note that PETA is an active animal rights organization who are not considered a reliable source in the science community and have been known for manipulating data and information to fit their cause. To truly understand if the benefits from animal testing are enough to justify the pain of the animals, it is incredibly important to look at the data that has been collected from animal testing. Does this data collected actually transfer over to humans? And have they had any impact on society? It's a well-known fact that a mouse or even a turtle's genetic makeup is not the same as humans. One of the main arguments made against animal testing is that the data gathered to produce drugs don't even transfer over to humans. For example, a drug that is injected into a mouse could be infective in curing the mouse, but when injected into a person, it could have the opposite harmful effect. However, Joseph P. Gardner, a behavior scientist at Stanford University, argues that when properly used, animal models for drugs have incredible value. Animals can differ physiologically, anatomically, and cognitively for humans. Being unaware of these differences can be disastrous to animal research. The danger of animal testing comes from scientists who do not properly take into account the difference in biological makeup of humans and animals. Gardner believes that the solution to bridging the gap between results on animals and humans is to change the way scientists look at animal experiments. When running animal tests, Scientists try to make experiments too identical with mice of similar ages and genetic makeup. Instead, we should run tests imagining 
we were testing on humans and use a wide variety of test subjects. Imagine you're running a human drug trial and you said to the FDA, okay, I'm going to do this trial with 43-year-old white males in one small town in California, a town where everyone lives in identical ranch homes with the same monotonous diets and the same thermostat set to the same temperature. That's exactly what we do with animals. We try to control everything we can possibly think of, and as a result, we learn absolutely nothing. Learner's paper introducing Thurio Espinology, the study of how knowledge is gained from animal research, outlines the mistakes that are being made in animal testing and transferring the data over to humans. In the paper, Gardner argues that if the mistakes are addressed, the information gathered would be invaluable to the science community. But there are conflicting views from other scientists. For example, Helena Reicher, who studies behavior biology at the University of Munster, argues that dif the differences between labs results in different information being gathered. This in turn creates experiments that are not able to be replicated. And replicating a lab or a result is the backing of any good scientific experiment. This could mean that the drugs and vaccinations from these experiments are not as sound as scientists would hope. To test her theory, Reicher and her team analyzed data from multiple labs across Germany, executing the same behavior test in mice. We looked at the mice's behavior at the various labs and concluded that the mice behaved differently in each lab. For example, the data we gathered showed that the mice in Münster lab were less active than the mice in Munich. According to Leitchers, the key differences between the mice show that the data gathered from the animals is not as reliable as scientists hope. While Reichers argues that it's important for tests to be as uniform as possible, Gardner argues the exact opposite, arguing that the animals used should be animals with a variety of genetic makeup. Reliability aside, has there actually been any important scientific breakthroughs due to animal testing? According to California Biomedical Research Association, the answer is yes. For more than 100 years, virtually every medical breakthrough in human and animal health has been the direct result of research using animals. Dr. Weichai is a medical expert that works for the California Biomedical Research Association. She believes that animal testing is vital to society, as they are the reason for so many life-saving drugs. She mentions polio as an example. In the 1900s, polio was a mother's worst nightmare. Thousands of American children got it yearly, and in some of the most severe cases, the disease crippled the child's spinal cord and brain, making it nearly impossible for them to function on their own. Scientists used extracts from the spinal cord of a boy who had died from polio to replicate the disease in monkeys. These experiments allowed the disease to be transmitted from monkey to monkey, providing an invaluable model of the disease that could be studied. In the 1950s, after many years of researching using mice, rats, monkeys, polio vaccines were developed and used to treat the disease. Due to the animal tests that were conducted, a vaccination was cre created which virtually eliminated polio in the U.S. Additionally, because polio also affects monkeys and chimpanzees, scientists were able to vaccinate wild chimps and monkeys and protect them from polio as well. This is not uncommon, as many of the vaccinations created through animal testing is beneficial to animals as well. The polio monkey experiment was created and completed by Dr. Carl Landsteiner and Dr. Erdwin Pope. Clearly, results from animal testing are important, but are there other ways to get results without using animals? 
One possible option is vitro. This is a similar process used for surrogacy. In vitro, bits of human cells and tissues are tested on in a lab. However, this technique is very rarely used because it's expensive and difficult to keep human tissue alive outside the body, according to Cambridge University. This has left us with little data that shows whether it's more effective than animal testing, let alone effective at all. So, when it comes to apes versus animal testing, does it stack up? First, do animals feel pain? Well, we discovered that although it may not be easy to quantify pain in animals, especially because they are not able to talk, they definitely do feel pain. In fact, even with regulations, a lot of animals aren't provided with enough pain relief and do suffer as a result. Next, does the research from animal testing transfer over to humans? History would say that animal testing is key to making new vaccinations. As we've learned, the polio vaccination was created due to testing on chimps, and not only, not only did this virtually wipe out one of the most feared diseases in America in the 1900s, but it also worked to benefit animals. However, there is some disagreement on how effective the transfer of information from animals to humans is, and what we can do to make this transfer more reliable. So, is animal testing ethical? Here are the facts. Science has proven that animal testing does cause unnecessary pain and suffering, but even though drugs produced aren't effective 100% of the time, animal testing has resulted in the creation of many vaccinations and cures, which have saved millions of lives across the globe. Ultimately, it comes down to this. Do the benefits of animal testing outweigh the costs? Well, we'll leave that one up to you to decide. That's Apes vs. Animal Testing, brought to you by Swellpops. Edited by Katja Liebenfraumilch and Valerie Brauerst. Sound production by Katja Liebenfraumilch and Valerie Brauerst. Thanks to all the high school students who played the part of a scientist, doctor, or professor. Thanks for listening. I'm Valerie Brauerst. And I'm Katja Liebenfraumilch. Next week, tune in because we will be looking at global warming. Is it real? Are humans causing it? And should you be worried? Until